Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Neil Potts on and he's the co-founder and COO at The Verga. Hi Neil. Hi, how's it going? Yes, good mate. We're nearly at the weekend. Nice long weekend ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Neil, do you want to jump straight in and tell everyone a bit about what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I'm one of the founders of the Virga Co. Um, we are a plant-based company. We've got four restaurants, so two in London, one in Brighton, one in Manchester. Uh, we've got a grocery line as well. So we sell into um, shops like Whole Foods, uh, Co-op, Ocado, um, and a few others in some other countries as well. Um, and yeah, we're looking to grow. We're, we've been around since 2016. So we're, um, we're kind of one of the I suppose one of the original ones to be doing what we're doing, but um, but yeah, we're we're excited, we're growing, so can't complain. Very interesting. So, how did this all come about? Have you always been into food and restaurants, or or is it something that's relatively new to you? Um, a little bit of both, I suppose. So, always been crazy about food. Um, I haven't always worked in food. So, uh, prior to uh, twenty sixteen, I worked in banking, um, and my business partner Rachel. Uh, she worked in luxury fashion, so she was a fashion buyer. Um, and yeah, we we kind of turned 30 and we're both um, kind of getting the same itch at the same time. You know, we didn't hate our jobs, but we we were just getting to the point where we worked for big companies and we just thought, well, I don't know if this is enough. You know, I don't know if this is enough for us for the next 20 years. Um, so yeah, we kind of were getting that sort of itch, as I say, to do something ourselves. And we, we, we were turning 30 as well. So it all kind of came together, big changes in our lives. And, uh, we took this big trip to California to celebrate our birthdays. And we very quickly sort of started realizing that there's a very different way to do, uh, vegan food. Um, you know, until then, uh, I was a meat eater, so, um, very different kind of lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just kind of went over there and, and and I was suffering for about 10 years before that point um, with stomach issues and I couldn't really get to the bottom of what, what it was and the doctors were struggling to get to the bottom of what it was as well. So again, the trip kind of coincided quite nicely with us looking to make all sorts of changes and just accidentally really found ourselves eating loads of vegan food on that trip. Um, mm. Definitely not by design or intent, but um, it just sort of happened. We found loads of great restaurants that just happened to be vegan. And that, I suppose, became our sort of light bulb for, for the next uh, journey in our, in our lives. You know, we kind of got back to London and thought, well, hang on, um, you know, great restaurants that just happened to be vegan. That, that really didn't exist at the time in London. Um, you know, a vegan restaurant was was something altogether quite different to what it is now, I think. Um, and so, yeah, we we got really excited by that. And we we thought, well, actually, yeah, that's that's the right way to do this. You know, you've got to excite people with the food. You've got to excite people with the experience and the brand and all of the things that people, you know, buy into with any other restaurant. You can't you can't change that just because it's vegan. So, yeah, we, we kind of threw everything, I suppose, into that and, and got the wheels in motion from there. I think it's really interesting to hear the fact that you started out your career in the world of banking and then moved mm. into entrepreneurship. So how did you find that transition? I know you said, you, you know, coming up to 30, mm. was that incredibly hard to go from working in a corporate environment to being an entrepreneur? It's actually, um, I've had a couple of twists and turns, to be honest. So I, um, I actually started my career in property management. Um, so when I finished university, I joined, um, well, 
a few by the end of my time doing that, but I joined a big estate agent in London and I was kind of helping to manage their rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose, you know, I, I, I was interested in property at the time. I'd done a law degree, um, you know, these kinds of things started to click together and it felt like something I would enjoy. So I did that for a little while. Um, then after that, I actually started a cleaning company um, because I'd been working with contract cleaners through that role. Um, and I just realized, again, really, there was an opportunity. You know, I, I was dealing with lots of different cleaning companies and just thinking, God, I can do this better, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I did that for a little while. Um, and again, you know, went well for a while. But I, again, sort of got to the point where I just thought, this isn't something that I love, you know, it's just, it's just something that makes money. So I'm always kind of driven by things that uh, keep my attention and keep me engaged on a more kind of passionate level, I guess. I'm, I'm not really motivated um, by just picking up a paycheck or picking up a whatever it is, you know, it, it has to be more for me. So, um, so yeah, I, I changed again and then went into banking. So that's how I got into banking. But yeah, I suppose each change is, it is a bit sort of uh, scary. It can be a bit different and, and um, you know, you're not quite sure what to expect and you're not sure if you've got the skills to do what you want to do and to change and to make that, that step. Um, but I think for me, I sort of always thought to myself, um, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, let me kind of go back to that, I suppose. I'm an introvert by nature, so I get my energy from myself, I suppose, and from, from my own thoughts and from my own kind of feelings. But um, I'm never going to be kind of the loudest person in the room. Um, but what I do have is is a decent amount of kind of confidence, I guess. I'm, I'm mm. quite confident in myself and, and I'm, I would back, I, I, we basically, Rachel and I looked at, it, looked at each other and kind of said, what's the worst case scenario here? The worst case scenario is the business doesn't work and we have to get another job. Mm. I mean, when you look at it like that, it's like, okay, well, there we go. There's not much to lose there. So um, I think if you always kind of understand, I think we're taught or at least I was taught, uh, I'm 36 now. So just to give you some context. So when I was in mm-hmm. school, I was taught, you know, you pick a career at 16, 18, and that's what you work towards and you don't change it basically. And, and here's the kind of 10 careers you can choose from. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was, um, you know, that was quite restrictive. Whereas I think if you kind of free yourself a little bit and just think, well, actually each new thing can be just that it can be just be a new adventure the experience itself is is really where the gold is you know it's not uh, it's not really about where you end up or how many different things you try it's it's about whilst you're doing it are you enjoying yourself and are you using your time wisely you know yeah 100 percent. and have you got any advice for anyone listening to this who's maybe thinking about making a change you know and changing what they're doing because it's quite scary to take that first leap, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's obviously practical concerns, um, you know, things like money obviously come into it. You know, we've got to live, we've got to make sure we can pay the bills and, and everybody's answer to that is different. You know, everybody's money need is different. So, um, you know, I can't sort of speak personally to each of those, but I think in principle that it's the same. So I think you just have to work out can you do this new thing, you know, immediately? Can you drop what you're doing and just jump into it and, and be secure with money? Um, for us, the answer was no. So we did our full-time jobs alongside kind of working out if we could do this one with market stalls and events and pop-ups and things. 
but we did that on the weekends. You know, we we worked in the week and we and we did the the new thing, I guess, the side hustle on the weekend, um, and then got to a point where we were confident enough to drop the main job and and make this our main job. So. I think you have to kind of address those practical issues first. But beyond that, I, I, I really think there's just not a great deal to lose, you know, unless you're throwing tons of money into something or, um, you know, taking a massive gamble on, on something or you have um, massive responsibilities in life that, that you really need to kind of consider, then I think there's not much to scare you beyond that. Really, Once you get your head through that and, and over that point, it's it's pretty kind of clear from there. You, you don't have a lot to lose. And did you go to university? I did, yeah. I, uh, I have a law degree. And then that was, uh, I suppose, what I was talking about five minutes ago. I, I got to 16 and uh, picked up law, you know, as an A-level. Um, and so my interest started to pick up from there. I suppose in my mind, uh, I'm quite sort of a logical person. I'm not particularly creative and or sort of spontaneous. I'm quite sort of slow and steady and logical. Um, and I think law spoke to me quite a lot. It, it seemed to just click for me. Um, so I did that in, in A-level and university. But I think all through that period, really, I was dead set on being a lawyer. That's what I wanted to do. Um, that's what I thought would be the right move for me. So I sort of lined everything up to to follow that path. But I got, honestly, about halfway through my my law degree and I was so bored. Um, (laughs) I just thought, well, you know, I've done a few um, placements in in law firms and things Mm -hmm. like that. And of course, you know, placements can be boring. I I probably should have had a bit of a broader mind. But as I said at the beginning, I'm I'm, I'm quite impatient sometimes. And I just, I know quite quickly if something is, is for me or not. Um, and so, yeah, I just made the decision before the end of my degree, to be honest, that, that law wasn't really for me. Um, but it's a good degree. It, you know, it gave me good, good base knowledge. It, good, it helps me to, it helped to give me a framework of how to think about things. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm quite grateful for having done it. It's interesting to get your perspective on university. I think a lot of different entrepreneurs and guests, it's kind of almost uh, 50-50 on, on their perspective on this. Now, do you value your time personally at university? And as an employer now, do you value someone who's gone to university more than someone who hasn't? Uh, I would say probably no to both, honestly. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think, you know, there are elements, as I say, of the law degree that I feel have helped me. Um, so I certainly don't regret going to university. I, I, I definitely don't. But I think if I, if I was the person I am today at 18, um, then I probably wouldn't have gone. It, it just, to me, um, you know, I think if you need to do something specific, if you're going to be, you know, a, a profession or, or something that, that really requires you to have that specific skill set, then I think it's it's important. And I think equally, if you just want to go and have the uni experience, that's also important. You know, if, you, if that's what you enjoy and that's what, you know, you want to be with your friends and see new things or travel to a new city and study abroad. You know, Rachel, for example, did that. Rachel went and spent a year studying in France as part of her degree. So those those are considerations as well, you know, beyond the skills themselves. So I think everybody's, again, different. But for me, um, I don't particularly care if people have been to uni or not. It, it really does for our industry, for our for the jobs we have in our office and also in our in our restaurants, it really doesn't matter to me. We've got both. You know, we've got great people who've, who've been to university. We've equally got great people who haven't. Um, so to me, it, it, it isn't a big deal. I think um, 
you're made to believe that university is sort of the only path and, and mm. I think a lot more work needs to be done and a lot more sort of government support I guess needs to be uh, pushed into helping people to find other paths because you know as we're seeing now we're, we're a country which is a little more isolated than we were a few years ago um, and it's already difficult to find you know different skills you know not just uh, higher education skills but things where we need to make things or things where we need to do things or, or start things you know all of these things don't require a degree so I think um, I, I'm, I'm open to both I don't really I suppose have a strong opinion either way but I, I, I do think um, people shouldn't be made to feel like that's the only path and employers should be much more open to hiring people um, at higher levels without degrees as long as of course you know you're not talking about doctors because I don't think anybody <laughs> wants a doctor who hasn't been to university yeah certainly now hospitality in the uk is um struggling at the moment to fill jobs a lot of the places and yeah. um, there's a shortage of shortage of staff how do you think the in- industry can sort of address that and attract young people into these jobs which are, are often seen as job you take at university or while you're waiting to go and get a different job yeah it's a good one it's a good question we uh, and you're right there is a massive issue there's a oh, and so it's a crisis to be honest in hospitality at the moment it's it's a real problem um where to start really i think there's there's lots of there's lots of issues i think we're probably one of the only countries that i've that i've been to or spent time in where um people treat hospitality in the way that we do here in the UK. So as you've rightly said, it's it's very, most most often seen as a part-time job or a uni job or something you do when you're young and then you move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, in other countries, you know, particularly the US, particularly some countries in Europe, it's a real career. You know, you can progress, you can, um, you know, you can gain amazing skills from anybody, in fact, can gain amazing skills from working in hospitality or retail, you know, when you're dealing with customers, thinking on your feet, um, working hard, you know, trying to process lots of different things, being super busy, all of these things are an incredible grounding for, for any, any, any career. And um, so I think, yeah, it goes back to what I was saying really about kind of investment in um, detailing other career paths and making people understand that it's it doesn't have to just be that thing that you do on a Saturday or uh, you know on an evening after university it's um it's something much more than that but I think obviously Brexit has caused um a huge amount of strain in the industry um you know everybody who works and and sort of runs businesses in the industry will understand and, and know that a lot of the staff came from from EU countries um previously and and to be honest they were phenomenal um, the vast majority of people we hired from all sorts of countries. I mean, Poland, Spain, uh, France, uh, Germany. We've you know we've we've hired people from all sorts of countries, and and they've all almost all been really, really, really good. Um, and I think again that goes back to the way hospitality is perceived in those countries. You know, it's it's not seen as this rubbish thing that you just do because you're waiting for something else. It's it's an actual career. So I think there is there is an issue for sure in this country. And I, I I think pay comes into it, you know, and again, we're in this very kind of precarious economic position in this country where we've got um, obviously raging inflation, uh, everybody's costs are going up. And, you know, some people don't really kind of remember, but restaurants costs are also going up by crazy amounts. 
Um, so you've got this kind of pain point, I guess, where people want and need to be paid more. Restaurants want and need to be paid more, but can't because the cost of living. So it's a bit of a kind of nasty catch-22 where mm. um, I think the next kind of 12 well, I suppose 12 to 18 months are, are going to be quite challenging for that reason. You know, it's it's, it's a very kind of tight, uh, pressured situation for sure. Sure. And then going to the kind of uh, office-based uh, people in your company, um, you mentioned mm. you've got a product range out, which, which looks great, very cool. Yeah. If somebody wants to kind of work in that kind of environment, are there any mm. kind of qualities that you look for as a company, overarching qualities to the people you employ? I think for me, um, it's always about attitude. You know, I, I I really don't mind what people have done before, and I, I think that's very important. I think you you can train the the vast majority of what we do. You can train, um, but I can't train someone's attitude. You know, you either have that or you don't. And I think that's for me about uh, being open minded, being flexible, especially for a small company. You know, being willing to you know, kind of turn your hand to lots of different things to help out, um, being supportive of the team around you, kind of, you know, trying hard and just just kind of being a positive member of the team. You know, all of these things sound really simple, but for me, uh, when I meet people like that, it, it's a breeze. You know, it makes my life very easy. It makes our jobs very easy. We can, uh, we can do a lot with people like that. But I think when you get uh, the opposite, um, it's very difficult. You know, I, I would I would far rather hire somebody with less experience and a great attitude than I would uh, somebody with the perfect experience and a and a terrible attitude. To me, it's it's everything. Sure. And then talking about getting your foot in the door at places, we cover this topic quite a lot, obviously, because it's quite an important part of career advice. <laughs> but yeah. The whole CV versus um, this argument of personal branding now. I'm personally mm-hmm. quite a big advocate for using things like LinkedIn to build a personal brand and connections and mm-hmm. a kind of name for yourself within within your industry. Um, yeah. I think the days of handing in a C4, uh, A4, you know, um, yeah. CV are dead and gone, to be honest, if you want to actually get a job you want. You know, you're, you're passing a CV in with hundreds of other people and you can't stand out. Yeah. Whereas if you've got a presence online or some kind of profile or some kind of portfolio of things you've done, that's way more attractive, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I would agree. I think, um, again, you know, it really depends on, on what you're doing, I guess. But yeah, I don't think CVs are particularly important at all, to be honest. I think it's nice sometimes to read a CV and see, you know, a couple of things that you think, oh, okay, that's really good or that's really relevant or um, this person's worked at a company that I know to be, you know, really effective. So those kinds of things can be nice to read, but again, it doesn't tell you much more than that. It, it, it doesn't tell you who the person is or what they're going to be like. It just, it just, it sort of acts as a filter, I guess. But yeah, we, we don't particularly have too much of CVs. It, it depends what it is, but um, we don't look too much at CVs. We, we, I would be much more impressed by somebody, you know, contacting me directly or, um, you know, going out of their way to try and find a, a creative way to get in touch with us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and explain to us not just that we're any company, that one of 50 that you've contacted today, um, you know, explain to us why why you're interested in working for us, you know, why um, this kind of work is, is, is what you want to do. You know, I think those simple things, again, they sound really simple and, but, it, but it's very effective. That would, that would be far more interesting for me. Mm. Um, what would you say has been your 
biggest positive or biggest takeaway that you've had on this journey so far that makes you go, wow, I'm so glad I did this? Uh, people, I think, you know, people are, are the reason we do this. You know, you don't, you don't work in this industry. Anybody will know you don't work in this industry for, because it's easy. You work in this industry because it's rewarding. You know, there's, we've got a team of, I think about 65 people now. So we've gone from, you know, myself and Rachel thinking up an idea to 65 people all pulling in the same direction um, within a space of, you know, five years or so. So for me, that's, that's massively rewarding. And when you see people developing and you see teams achieving things and you see us, you know, opening new stores, for example, and bringing on a brand new team of people in a new city, um, those things are, you can't really put a, you know, put a price on those things. They're, they're, they're kind of what you live for, you know, in this game. Sure. Um, and what's been the biggest challenge you've faced so far? Uh, COVID. <laughs> Definitely COVID. I, yeah. I think it's, um, for our industry, it's kind of been a, you know, an absolute huge event, really, and it, and it will continue to cause cause issues for for years to come. It's uh, it's it's a pretty, pretty massive deal. And I think around that, really, not just COVID, but funding. I think funding for small businesses especially businesses like ours, which, you know, when we open a restaurant, we need a few hundred thousand pounds every time. Um, it, you know, when you need that kind of capital, it's, it's very, very difficult. And especially now with, with COVID, it's, um, it's particularly challenging. But yeah, I think those, those sorts of issues are, are the main problems with really. everything else is, is just a, it's just a challenge. Sure. And what does the next few years look like for the Virgo Co? What, what are we doing? Uh, more restaurants. So we're opening more restaurants in the UK, uh, hopefully some restaurants uh, in other countries too, and uh, growing our product line, I guess, so growing the, 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 the things that we sell into supermarkets and, and expanding that. So yeah, it's it's kind of pushing forward on all fronts, but um, yeah, eager to accelerate that now that we're hopefully touch wood, um, the right side of the worst of COVID. Mm. And how have you found the whole... Um creating your own products and getting them in, in stores. That always looks like a really fun part of, of that kind of business you're in. Um, really interesting to do. It is. And I, I would love to, to take full credit for that, but um, I can't. We, we have an in-house um, development team. So initially myself and Rachel, you know, started that process. We were the ones who kind of made the very first thing. So if you, if you ate with us anywhere between 2016 and 2019, you definitely will have had Rachel and I's creations. Um, <laughs> But yeah, since then we've obviously grown the business. We've um, we've brought in we've got two amazing people who work with us uh, just full time on on developing new things. So we're very lucky to have those people. They create amazing things, and every year we you know we get better and better. So yeah, I think that that is a really fun process. It's fun for me now because I just eat things regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? Yeah, I would. I, mean, I say that with a laugh because, um, you know, I, I, I've had moments through COVID where you just think, why am I doing this? But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't regret anything. I think COVID is a is a pretty once in a, well, once in a lifetime uh, event, I think. So mm. yeah, you, you can't foresee those things. And other than that, really, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, where can so people... Much. Where can people find you and your company and what you're up to? 
you can find us online. So thevergaco.com. You can find us on uh, all sorts of social media at Vergaco. Um, you can find restaurants in Shoreditch, Canary Wharf, Brighton, and Manchester. And you can find our products uh, all sorts of places at Cargo Co-op, Whole Foods, uh, lots more. Brilliant. Thanks, Neil. No worries. Thanks a lot.